Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Today I'm going to be reading from the Gospel of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament. Matthew was one of the original twelve disciples of Christ, and before he became a disciple and follower of Jesus, he was a tax collector. This gospel is known as the gospel of the kingdom because there are many references to the kingdom of God contained within the writings of Matthew. So over and over again, the words the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom in various ways appear. This was probably written or possibly written in Hebrew or Aramaic because Matthew addresses his audience as if they were Jewish. And so it's possible that this gospel was initially written in Hebrew or Aramaic, whereas the majority of the New Testament was written in Greek, as far as we know. It contains a number of dreams. There are five dreams in Matthew, directive dreams, and so prophetic dreams occur in this gospel. Perhaps the Lord is speaking to you in dreams, and we may discuss that as we go through the gospel. Mary, the mother of Jesus, appears early on, and Mary was not her name from a Hebraic perspective. Her name was Miriam. So Mary is not a Jewish name. Miriam is the Jewish name. Just mentioning that because various versions of the of the Bible call her Mary, but there are also versions of the Bible that call her Miriam, and that's the distinction between the two. The Jewish name would have been Miriam. So today I'm going to be reading from the New International Version, the NIV, Matthew Chapter 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab, Amenadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asa. Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father to Shiltiel. Shiltiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abihud. Abihud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Elihud. Eliad, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar, the father of Mathan. Mathan, the father of Jacob. And Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus there were fourteen generations in all, from Abraham to David, fourteen from David to the exile to Babylon, and fourteen from the exile to the Messiah. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. 
His mother Mary, or Miriam, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So the chapter begins with a long genealogy, and the genealogy was important because, remember, our our writer, Matthew, was writing to a Jewish audience, and he was trying to explain the lineage of Christ going back to the time of Abraham. So it was important that he mentioned that he was descended from Abraham and David and the others. And at the time of the writing, the second temple still stood. In the second temple, there were records of the genealogies of the various people in the cities of Israel. So anyone who had any desire to check up on the lineage of Jesus could have gone to the second temple records and searched out the genealogy of Jesus and confirmed what Matthew had written. Sadly, these records were destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans when the temple was destroyed. But at the time of the writing of Matthew, they were still available for confirmation. There are three women that are prominently mentioned in the genealogy of Christ, and so it's noteworthy that Tamar was mentioned, Rahab was mentioned, and Ruth was mentioned. Tamar had had a questionable sexual relationship with Judah of the tribe of Judah name, and yet she's listed as one of the ancestors of Christ. So even though she had this questionable sexual relationship that produced offspring, the Lord redeemed her, the Lord forgave her, the Lord used her and listed her by name, was not ashamed to name her. Rahab the harlot is named, who was the uh, the innkeeper or the harlot that hid the two spies that came in to search out the promised land. So the Lord was not ashamed of Rahab, and she became one of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah. And then Ruth is named. Ruth, of course, the Moabitess, was not Jewish. She was married to Boaz and uh, lived in Bethlehem. And so uh, Ruth is named. These three women being named in the genealogy is very important. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for men, it's not just for West, it's not just for East, it's for men and women, it's for all men, every tribe, tongue, and nation. Not only that, the Lord redeems our past. And so Tamar, Rahab, and even Ruth had a past that was not uh, perfect, shall we say, and yet the Lord calls them his own and names them as his ancestors as far as his flesh goes. I think that's fascinating, and it speaks to you and me. No matter what we've been through, once it's under the blood, we're redeemed. We're part of the family, just like these ladies were. And so the Holy Spirit came on Mary, 
In verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Notice he's called Jesus the Messiah. Messiah is the same word as Christ. Same meaning, two different words, the anointed one. He's Jesus the anointed one who was expected through all of the Hebrew scriptures. His birth came about when his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And so the father was God. The mother was Mary the human. Jesus was born the God-man, part God, part human. But Joseph and Mary were pledged to be married, it says in verse 18, and she got pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But verse 19 says that when Joseph found out she was pregnant, he had in mind to divorce her. You see, at that point in time, friends, according to Jewish customs, marriage was two parts. The betrothal was part of the actual marriage, and it was to be consummated later. So even though they were pledged to be married, culturally it was not the same as our engagement. To be pledged to be married in first century Israel was to be married even though the marriage had not been yet consummated. That's why Joseph would have had to formally divorce her once they were pledged to be married. She was found to be pregnant. But the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and said, "Uh, This is God. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I imagine this was a very shocking revelation. But notice two things. First, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This was a real divine encounter. Even though it occurred in a dream, when the angel of the Lord came to Joseph in the dream, it was just as real as the angel of the Lord appearing in the room with Zechariah. And so the angel of the Lord coming in a dream uh, happened in the Bible, Old Testament and New, happens now too. And so perhaps the Lord comes to you or the angel of the Lord comes to you in dreams. Don't discount that. But in this case, He made Joseph to understand that Mary's pregnancy was the doing of God and that uh, it was from the Holy Spirit. And the angel went on to say in verse 21, Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now, why call him Jesus? And uh, the name in Hebrew is Yeshua. Why call him Yeshua? And the angel goes on in verse 21 to say, because you'll name him that because He will save his people from their sins. What's that have to do with anything? Well, Yeshua means Yahweh is salvation, or Yahweh saves. So Yahweh, the Father, is naming his son Yeshua after himself. He's naming Yeshua Yahweh saves, or Yahweh is salvation. That's why the angel says he's destined to save his people from their sins. Therefore, give him the name Yeshua, Jesus. And so our Lord Jesus from the foundation of the world and from the proclamation of the angel to his father was named Jesus. It was foretold that he would be God with us. It was foretold that he would come and save his people from their sins. It was foretold that Yahweh is salvation, and the salvation was to come in the form of the Messiah, the son of David, the descendant of David. And in the fullness of time in Matthew's gospel, it's recorded that the Holy Spirit overshadowed his mother Mary and impregnated her through the Holy Spirit. The divine seed of God was implanted in a human lady, and it was to be given birth nine months later, just like a natural human being. But this was no natural human being, friends. This is the God-man, the Lord Christ Jesus. And so through the rest of the New Testament, and indeed through the rest of the Scriptures, day after day, we'll be revealing Jesus through the pages of the Scriptures. And so I pray, Lord, that we would recognize that Jesus is salvation. 
Jesus is the one who saves. Lord, 40, 50 years ago during the Jesus People movement, there used to be bumper stickers that said, Jesus saves. That was a common refrain. But it's contained within his name that Yahweh saves, God saves, Jesus saves. Yeshua is salvation. And there is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. So, Lord, we thank you for the proclamation of the angel. We thank you for the overshadowing of Mary by the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the seed of the eternal that was planted in young Mary and brought forth into the earth to redeem us. Lord, may we too walk faithful to what you have done for us in the days of our flesh. Lord, open up the pages of your scriptures to us day after day and reveal Jesus to us as never before. We ask this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.net for more information. Thank you again and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.